Active 911 is proud to partner with the Code 3 podcast. Active 911 designs technology for first responders to help heroes save lives. Learn more at active911.com. There's such great storytellers. So a lot of a lot of the book was and the most enjoyable part of the book was listening to their stories and just recounting them and hope, hoping not to get them too wrong. So uh, I had a, I had a, a real lot of fun. Angeles. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me today for another edition of Code 3. This is the show that gives you all the information on a firefighting topic you need in about 20 minutes. Let's get started. Usually, I talk with a member of the fire service on this show, but today's a bit different. Brian McDonald is an author, but not a firefighter. He's a journalist who's written several books about New York City, and his latest is about the FDNY. Five Floors Up focuses on two firefighting families and one man specifically. William Feehan worked his way from proby all the way to fire commissioner. He lost his life on September 11, 2001, along with 342 other members of the FDNY who had responded to the World Trade Center scene. As Brian tells his story, he delves into the history of the department, giving us an honest appraisal of his darker days and politics. Still, the book is an inspiring story of two families, covering four generations of everyday heroes. Brian is a native New Yorker born in the Bronx. He's written other nonfiction books about the city with titles like My Father's Gun and Last Call of Lanes. And Brian McDonald joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Hey, how are you, Scott? Good to be here. It's great to have you. This is a book about the FDNY, but it's really about the brotherhood of firefighters as seen through the lens of a couple of families. Tell me how you chose them to be the focus. The, so the Fian family, it's the it's four generations in the Fian, the extended Fian family. The Fian and the extension part is the Davin family who married into the Fian family. So uh, it, it spans almost 100 years of FDNY history. And uh, the story actually came to me, a woman by the name of Beth Fian, who did a, a documentary on her father. She's the daughter-in-law of the chief uh, person I write about, and Chief William Fian is the main character, for lack of a better word. His daughter-in-law was doing a, uh, a documentary on her father-in-law, and uh, she, an agent that got involved said, you really should have a book. We were introduced. I saw it, and I love Chief Fian's story, but I said to myself, this is a much bigger, this has a bigger scope than just uh, focusing on one uh, as as amazing as Chief Fian's life and story is, I, I thought it w- had a broader scope. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of been uh, been a lot uh, read, um, written, and and uh, talked about the generational aspect of firefighting. So I thought I'd, you know, uh, chronicle the whole story, go uh, the whole family, go go through the four generations. 
So then I gather you didn't have a lot of background in firefighting when you started your research. I didn't. I, I did have background. I, I come from a civil service family. I come from a cop family, three generations of cops in my family. So, and, you know, there's a, as you probably know, there's a subtle rivalry between those two agencies. And sometimes not so subtle. <laughs> So I keep it quiet around the uh, firefighters I interacted with. But it did give me some insight on how family, civil service family, you know, the the reactions, the emotions in, inside a civil service family. So I brought that to bear in the book, um, you know, hopefully with some success. What did you learn about firefighters in particular while you were researching this this book? You know, it's funny you should ask that. That's a great question because I learned so much. I learned so much. But maybe the the thing that stuck out the most is how how much they love their job. They can't wait to get to work. And and uh, you know there are very few professions out there. You know you could make a million dollars a year or be a, a movie star or you know do all sorts of things. And I I would bet that the enthusiasm in doing what you do for a living is is uncompared uh, from firefighters. They just they just love it. And uh, and that and 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 they're also I was blessed as a writer that they're also and this is not just New York City firefighters. This is firefighters across the country are some of the best storytellers you'll ever meet in your life because that's what their whole culture is, you know, it's passing down what happened during fires and and uh, you know me, having meals together in a firehouse and they're such great storytellers. So a lot of a lot of the book was, and the most enjoyable part of the book was listening to their stories and just recounting them and hope, hoping not to get them too 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 wrong. So uh, I had a I had a, a real lot of fun uh, in that part. I have you know throughout the book, but in that part of the book specifically, talking to firefighters, amazing amazing guys and girls. Now you call members of the FDNY, and I'll quote you here selfless with a reflexive desire to help others, which sounds appropriately heroic, but at the same time you don't shy away from discussing racism and sexism in the department. How hard was it to write a book that both confirms this polished image of the FDNY and also describes its flaws at the same time? Yeah, and you know, I mean, traditionally the FDNY has been Let's let's uh, let's say slow moving in, in in becoming an agency that represents the city th- uh, that they protect, and um, you know a lot of that had to do with uh, financial things, uh, holding on to jobs in the old days, and, and I'm sure there was um, racism in there. I'm sure there was going back, but I, I like the uh, the quote I got from Chief Fian, and, and he he was and at the end of his career, he he rose all the way up to the top top echelon of the department, and he was very involved in trying to open up the department to uh, women and my, minorities. And But he, he used to bristle when people would say that FDNY is a racist organization. He'd say when the, when the doors roll up and the guys jump on a fire truck and we go out on a run, there is no racism. We don't care who you are, what you do, how bad you are, how good you are. We're going to save you if you're Mother Teresa or, or uh, you know, a, a, a mass murderer. And and he's got a point. You know, it, it really is. There is none of that. And, um, you know, Connor Davin, who is the fourth of the generation, Chief Chief Fan's grandson, William Fan, the first generation's great grandson, who's now a uh, firefighter in Brooklyn, 
Uh, his 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 academy class had had uh, one of the largest uh, percentage of minorities, and I think um, also the largest number of women to graduate with them in uh, in FDNY history. So it's changing. You know, it's not changing rapidly enough for a lot of people, but it's changing, definitely changing. I'll be back with more right after this. Looking to decrease your response times? With Active Alert, get calls straight to your phone from dispatch via the app, available for Android, iPhones, and tablets. Plus, get directions to the scene, have all CAD notes in one place, see who's responding, and quickly identify nearby map markers like hydrants and pre-plans. With a low per-device price, Active Alert is a must-have tool for first responders. See for yourself why it's trusted by thousands of firefighters nationwide. Start your free trial today at Active911.com. Let's talk about Chief Fian. He started at the bottom in the FDNY, and he rose up through every rank up to acting fire commissioner. That's quite a story. Did you go into this project knowing much about it, or did you learn most of his background as you started it? No, I, I didn't know. I didn't know about Chief Fan's career at all, and I don't know how I missed it. But you know, it's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, he held the distinction of being the only uh, member of the FDNY to hold every rank from proby firefighter to fire commissioner. He was fire commissioner just for a short period of time in the 90s. Um, there was a whole, I don't know how much time we got, but there was a whole political angle of it. And the mayor of the, at the time, Dinkins, his fire commissioner quit. And it was right in the middle of a re-election campaign against uh, Rudy Giuliani. And uh, he needed a commissioner quick. And uh, Chief Fian, Bill Fian was high up and it was a deputy commissioner. And he he uh, elevated him just um, as an acting commissioner. But after he lost the election to uh, Giuliani, he removed the acting as a way of thanking him. So uh, Bill Fian was officially the 28th commissioner of the city, fire commissioner of the city of New York, which is quite quite a uh, distinction. And uh, yeah, and then he went back to being a deputy commissioner. He was a deputy commissioner right up to 9-11 when he lost his life. That's a long history in the department. Yeah. But yeah. you pointed out, you point you you're you're a New Yorker. Yes. But like a lot of people, you hadn't heard about him. How do you suppose that is? You know, it's funny. They, you know, I think, mo- and that's you know that goes back to your question, your prior question about what surprised you. You know, for the most part, this is a humble group of people. They are ordinary heroes. They don't want any any uh, headlines or or news stories or. Gee, one of the problems I had was uh, when when I, I engaged the family and the, and the family said okay that they would go along with it. They weren't very uh, jumping up and down with joy to be portrayed in a book. They didn't want to. They didn't want their fa- their family not their secrets, but they just uh, they're a private private uh, bunch. And I think most firefighters are. They they, they shun the headlines. They don't want to. They don't want to be known for heroism or anything. They just go about their job and then go home and, and coach soccer games or coach Little League or uh, cook dinner and put it on the table for the family. And, you know, it's a remarkable group. And, and like I said, it's not this is not uh, uh, solely New York City firefighters. This is this is a firefighter. This is part of the firefighter makeup across the across, across the country. Let's talk about that part specifically. 
as it relates to 9-11. How hard was it to get these interviewees, the family and the co-workers who knew people you wrote about, to open up about the 9-11 attack? Are they still hesitant even now, or were they willing to tell you everything you need to know? Yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't easy. It definitely wasn't easy. They, uh, the wound is... Still, still very deep uh, with the, uh, especially the children of uh, Chief Fan. You know, he was seventy-one. He was the oldest and highest-ranking firefighter um, uh, member of the fire department killed on nine eleven, and he and he and he, and he died in the most heroic fashion. He was actually orchestrating a, um, a rescue operation in the Marriott Hotel that had been severely damaged by the South Tower when the South Tower came down. <laughs> And firefighters were trapped in it um, when the North Tower came down and killed him, killed him and killed chief of the department, Pete Gansey, and other other chiefs um, uh, who were also orchestrating that rescue. So he was he was a hero, uh, you know, right right to the end, right to the right to the last uh, the, his last breath. He was a hero and a, and a uh, humble hero. So, um, but getting back to how how hard it was. Uh, you know the family was uh, the fa- he was he was so uh, he was so important not only to to the fire department but he was so important as a grandfather as a as a father he was you know throughout the time uh, the kids the fee and the adult fee and children now are uh, were growing up um, their mother had a lot of uh, health issues and 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 Chief Fian you know he'd be a deputy commissioner of New York City Fire Department and he's rushing home to cook dinner for the kids because his wife would be in the hospital. Or, or he's, uh, you know, getting them off to school, and uh, they, they were so uh, close to him as a father. It was, it was, you know, they, they tear up, and uh, you know, last year was the twentieth anniversary, and it was especially raw uh, talking to them. And I also talked to, um, you know, firefighters that still carry a wound. One of one of the fire, um, members of the department was Tom Van Van Nessen who was the commissioner of the fire department at, at during 9-11. And, you know, I, I met him and I interviewed him in the new um, World Trade Center, the, the new tower. He had an office there. And I asked him, I said, how can you do this? You're looking out the window at the footprints of these two buildings where 343 of your men and uh, uh, dozens of your closest friends died. He said, uh, you know, in one sense, he said he carries the weight, and he does. He carries the weight of that day with him. You can you can see it in his manner and his in his um, expressions. But he also says, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to leave them. I want to see them. And when I when this job opened up, I, I I took it partly because of that. You know, that I would be near them. So uh, it's it's very emotional. Still, twenty one years later, it's still very very emotional for the fire department and. Uh, the, the relatives of the firefighters uh, lost, and uh, and for New York, to be honest with you. Yeah. Have you heard from any firefighters yet with their reactions to this book? Well, it came out yesterday, so I didn't get. I did send. I right. did send advance copies to a couple of uh, firefighters, but they read it. They read it um, to make sure I got facts uh, okay. You know, I, I mean, they were reading it with practice eye. I mean. Uh, so far, so good. I've gotten uh, I, I've gotten a lot of uh, feedback from people that have uh, that have already gotten through it, and people who are in the midst of reading it. And uh, you know, the families read it, and the family gave me the thumbs up, and that was more important than anything else. As long as 
as long as they didn't, uh, they're, they're proud of uh, uh, the way uh, their father and, and relatives were p- portrayed. I'm, 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 I'm happy with it. Okay, the book's called Five Floors Up. Thank you, Brian McDonald, for writing it and talking with me today on Code 3. Thanks a lot, Scott. My pleasure. This book is what reviewers like to call a love letter to the city, and I guarantee firefighters will enjoy it. Whether you're a member of the FDNY or another department, you should read Five Floors Up. You can order it at our website, code3podcast.com slash fdnybook. All one word, fdnybook. Take a look. If you enjoyed this interview, tell a friend about Code 3. That's the best way we can grow the audience, and I'd appreciate it. So will your friend. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.